All right, everyone, welcome yeah. back to another episode of the Midgar Minute Podcast. I am Chris, joined, as always, by my dear friend and co-host, Nick. Nick, how are you doing on this fine uh, p- Valentine's Day Eve? <laughs> it's quite the Val's Eve, bro. Having a good Val's Eve. Looking forward mm, to Val's, Val's Day. And looking forward mm. to the day after Val's Day when this episode will drop. Looking forward to all three days. Yeah, and you know what? And, you know, it's, it's the, the season of love. And, you know, I think I really uh, want to profess... Uh, you know, we, we, you know, we've been friends for a long time. <laughs> oh, well, gee, but, <laughs> but actually side, side note, uh, boy, who I actually do really love is, uh, who you actually of, do really love actually. Yes. yes is, uh, the members of the Mosey gang yes. and those wonderful people being Scott, Kyle, AJ, Danny, Kevin, Jillian, Brianne, Matt, Sam, Charlotte, Cameron, Garrett, Dan M, Ryan, Petros, Matt M, and Thios48. Thank you all for being such wonderful people and, uh, you know, giving us the support that we need to keep this show running, even though we would do it for nothing and we did it for nothing for a long time but if you dear listener would like to get your name on that wonderful list of lovely people and get access to our discord where we do uh we share memes we simp on characters in final fantasy we uh we do game nights sometimes uh we got together uh last week to to watch the nintendo direct together uh and if any of that sounds good to you for the low, low price of one gill a month, you can get access to that Discord and you get your name on this list of lovely people. And, uh, you know, it helps us out. And, you know, we just, we, hey, we also say for every time, we're just happy that you're here. Exactly. So, That's all we could ever ask. If, uh, if you're, uh, but if you are interested, we do have links in the episode description and in the social media bios as well. But with that um, horrible, horribly managed intro out of the way uh (laughs) we uh are going to take to the skies this episode uh for before crisis chapter 15 uh and last time uh we had uh, we were in wutai dealing with uh taking out avalanche wink wink nudge nudge not really uh and we met we had a yuffie episode we introduced Yuffie to the magic of Materia and yeah. started uh, a lifelong uh, obsession of hers and <laughs> her debilitating uh, obsession with Materia. Yeah, as it would to... turn out, as it would turn out, the Turks are the ones who actually got Yuffie hooked for life. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah. it's really ironic, isn't it's it? It's those Turks <laughs> hanging out on the corner, man, just giving out Materia to all our kids. Yeah, you know, it's all the, ki- the kids are hungry for the Materia rock, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I got these Turks <laughs> off the corners, man. What happened to Wuta? It used to be such a nice place. It used to be a nice place, and then that Materia came into town, and, it, it, you know, it uh, toxifying the youth. But, uh, you know, with Wutai in our rearview mirror now, we're going to move on, and we, there was a slight little uh, foreshadowing at the end of the last chapter to, you know, kind of hint at where we're going next, and uh, it would be the moon launch the or the the rocket launch to go to the moon (laughs) and that's exactly where we end up at the beginning of this chapter where we are seeing a a uh a sky show basically (laughs) 
and uh, Shotgun is loving it, and uh, she's with our good old pal Rufus, who we now know is the the traitor uh, that <laughs> was giving information and money over to Avalanche, and uh, he's not impressed. <laughs> he's super not impressed. Yo, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say two things before we move this. One, I think it actually is kind of adorable to see how like fascinated Shotgun is with like planes and rockets yeah. and how cool she all thinks it is. I'm like, oh, she's interested in things that aren't her job. That's great. Next. Yeah, she actually she has she has hobbies and interests. <laughs> she she is now a three dimensional character. And then, as far as Rufus goes, not gonna lie, I think Rufus makes a lot of good points in this chapter. Just gonna yeah, say, it. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, you know, this is kind of a waste of money and time and everything. And you're like, yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, let's just be real. Let's just be real. Midgar's already in an energy crisis. We're burning up the fucking life stream to power this city, and now we're gonna go. Just throw rockets into space? Yeah, into the moon. Is and that, what's, look, well, look. We don't even know what's on the moon. Listen, I, much like Rufus, we are not anti-space exploration. We no. just think Midgar's got more pressing matters. Yeah, it's like we, we, maybe we should figure out what's going on on the planet first before we are looking to the stars to try and <laughs> yeah. destroy another planet by mining it to death. By literally uh, mining its <laughs> life fuel. <laughs> But so uh, yeah, we we get a nice uh, Blue Angels esque air show going on, and uh, one of the 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 one of the planes land, and one of those planes looks oddly familiar, uh, one might say, and uh, yeah, as uh, one of the the planes land, and none other than Sid motherfucking Highwind shows up. We're doing a Sid episode, people. Buckle up. <laughs> Last Spear week was the Yuffie episode. This week is the Sid episode. And I, I love that. Uh, I was a little thrown off that Sid is just holding his spear. Because I'm like, oh, I guess he just carries that around with him wherever he goes, huh? <laughs> it's, it's part of his identity. Uh, but uh, we will understand why he carries it around later. Um, but, yeah, we get uh, introduced to Sid. A nice young-looking Sid here. Uh, and he looks so his, optimistic. His, his, his smile po- and optimism are all his, gone, but he yeah, looks so good here. He is, he, he's looking good. He looks like a c- totally different character in his portrait, but like if you if you would have shown me this portrait with no context, I'd be like, I is that is that Sid? Because <laughs> he's got you know he's got long pointy hair now, and uh, well, I guess well, no, young, I guess he's spry and optimistic. Yeah, I guess his hair's pointing the other way <laughs> in the future. So he's just, you know, that's how you make a character look younger. You just point his hair the other way. And, uh, yeah, he's looking great. And the the thing that I like the most about this is that uh, Shotgun is, like, absolutely standing uh, Sid. Big Sid stand. Shotgun's <laughs> She's a big Sid stand. Super, like, oh, man, that's so cool, Sid. She's like a little kid, like, meeting her hero. And, uh, yeah, we obviously, uh, we learned that, uh, Sid is still flying the tiny Bronco in this. And, uh, that's why, like, when I first saw it, I was like, is that, is that the tiny Bronco? It's the tiny Bronco, bro. You know, it's the Gumby version of the tiny Bronco, which I love how I've just, that, that's what I call anything in this game is like, oh, it's just the Gumby version because the character models look very Gumby-esque to me. So I think that is now just the... Anytime we see anything old in here that we know, it's like, oh, it's just the Gumby version of that. (laughs) 
And, uh, yeah, so we get a, a nice little introduction to Sid here. And uh, one of my favorite things is uh, Rufus is like, you know, like, what are you doing taking, you know, what are you doing in the, the flight rehearsal for the ceremony? And, you know, you're flying the rocket, so you're not even going to be a part of it. And he's like, the sky was calling me. <laughs> and I have to answer the call of the sky. And then Shotgun comes in, spoken like a true man of the skies. <laughs> Like she, like she's just had like this entire she's time, standing, bro. She's standing. Like this entire time, I, it's like now we're just discovering that Shotgun has like she's like super obsessed with with planes and uh, pilots, uh, or yeah, maybe just Sid in particular. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I love that this kind of like the these you know three sort of mindsets, and then Rufus just is over there like a wet blanket, being like, I don't know, I think this shit's kind of dumb. <laughs> and uh yeah we get to see uh a nice little introduction and all these other things and then all of a sudden somebody some asshole or i'm sorry some and i'm so glad that we finally after all this time get the reintroduction of the random characters to replace curse words <laughs> a good old ff7 staple uh, that has not, because I guess we've and had a lot of... not just an FF7 staple, literally half of Sid's dialogue in FF7. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Barrett's as well, but I feel like at a certain point, Barrett did not curse as much. Um, but I'm glad to see that Sid is still uh, in character here, even all these years ago. And, uh, yeah, someone's trying to steal the tiny Bronco. And... Uh, shotgun's like i'll go take care of it and at this point we don't know who it is but i mean we could take a guess <laughs> i think everyone can take a guess at who is trying to i mean uh, who else has gotten in our way this whole cause time? some trouble yeah like good old team rocket <laughs> uh and then yes we get then our uh transferred over to this uh flying segment where we have to I guess reland the tiny Bronco and uh, leads us into a mini game where we're dodging fireworks. I think it's supposed to be. Um, it's a little hard. It's a little hard <laughs> to make sense of it. A little hard to make sense of. And I love that uh, whoever is uh, playing uh, the, uh, the footage that we're seeing is like, they're just, they're doing the really ballsy strategy of just being on the lowest portion of the screen as possible. <laughs> and just eating any hits. Because, I mean, at a certain point, I guess they didn't really, uh, you know, it wasn't trying to... Like, all these other little uh, sort of mini-game segments, uh, gameplay segments that we have, I feel like they just, like, like oh, it would be cool if we maybe make it, like, a different type of video game. But then they don't actually, like, you know, that would put that would take too much effort to, like, actually make it, you know. It's not like going, it's not like you're playing, you know whack-a-box or something that's like could be its own standalone thing you know it's like ah just i don't know it's like the cranes in final fantasy 7 remake those hands yeah, the hand yeah. cranes, similar to that it's like oh it's like here's a little mix up in the gameplay to kind of and sometimes it works where it breaks up the gameplay and makes things feel fresh again but there are other times where it's like all right all you did was Give me a stop sign, you know? Yeah, you just, like, instead of moving around as a person, you are now moving around as a plane. <laughs> and that's it, really. And I feel like, unfortunately, that is the case uh, with a lot of those sort of gameplay segments in this game. But, you know, it is a mid-2000s Japanese flip phone game, so 
Yeah, I can't really blame them too much. <laughs> We're going to cut them and, a little bit of slack. And it is uh, interesting because now, you know, knowing that this stuff is going to be in Ever Crisis as well, I am very curious to see if they keep any of that stuff uh, in the in I the think they have to over. keep... I think they have to keep a lot of what happens in this chapter. We'll, we'll get to that when we get towards the end. Yes, and so... You know, we save the tiny Bronco, we don't blow up, everyone's happy, and then we find out, oh no, it was Avalanche that was trying to steal the tiny Bronco and cause trouble, uh, because they're still plotting uh, to assassinate uh, President Shinra, or Grandpa Shinra, as we are now calling him. And, uh, you know, they want to obviously sabotage the rocket launch because that would also make Shinra look like uh, doo-doo heads as well. Well, I mean, it's genius because it would not only ruin the whole... Because, like, here's the thing. President Shinra understands that there's not a lot to actually gain from this. It's all basically a PR stunt. It's all, yeah, symbolic. Yeah, Yeah, just a symbolic gesture. The fact that they could bankrupt them and ruin the PR move? Like, this is is it. This is a momentum shift if they pull it off. Especially, you know, considering that, you know, most of Shinra thinks that they are dead now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I I think it's, uh, you know, they didn't Could waste any time. shift in momentum. They, they wasted zero time being like, ah, oh, well, we just lost our headquarters and, like, a bunch of our men. But, you know, hey, we're, we still have Rufus and we're still gonna, you know. And, hey, I guess with, the, with Rufus, you know, they don't need to have as big of a force, maybe, because they have... <laughs> You know, they could get that good old intel. Right. And then, uh, yeah, then we make it uh, Shotgun and, and Rufus and Sid. We go to, uh, was it number, was what's the rocket? Number 26, right? Shinra 26. I think so. I think so. And uh, he's, like, giving us a little bit of a tour. And uh, I like that as he's doing that, like, Rufus clearly sees one of the Avalanche guys walk onto the rocket and then he's like, hey, Sid, uh, I think someone's sneaking around over here. <laughs> Even though, like, with the game, like, the way the characters are, like, where they're looking, it's like he clearly was just like, oh, hey. Hey, what's up, guy? Yeah, you go sneak over there. And honestly, it's kind of weird that I guess, well, he still has to play both sides of it, right? So, uh, you know, it's just, uh, th- there's so many moments in this game, and we've definitely brought him up before, just, like, unintentional humor. <laughs> where it's oh, like yeah. a, and you because your brain has to sort of uh fill, fill in, in the, the gaps yeah where you know because it's not like you know playing remake where every single minute detail is animated uh it's just you know them are uh, they're either standing at uh whatever 90 degree angle and they're just like oh yep oh i think someone's sneaking around here i don't know who that could possibly be <laughs> And then, of course, Sid being Sid is like, oh, I'll go there and I'll kick his ass. And then <laughs> Rufus is like, ah, you know, let's leave it to Shotgun because that she's a Turk and that's what they're supposed to do. Also, she's the player character, so she has to she has to be the one to do the thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, then we go do another uh, a uh, a basically a cup and ball gag. Um, where there are, like, four Shinra guards, like, walking around doing stuff, and you have to kind of keep track of which one the traitor is. Uh, and it is it's such a weird thing that is just, like, that, like, obviously they put in here just to, you know, kind of spread out the gameplay a little bit and just be like, oh, instead of just going there and fighting the dudes. Because a lot of what this game boils down to is just 
uh, you're just gonna you're eventually gonna fight somebody <laughs> at some point. Everything boils down to a fight, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, considering the limitations of everything else. Um, but then, yeah, we find the 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 Shinra trader, and guess what? We fight him, or the, not the Shinra, the the, the avalanche uh, guy, infiltrator. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, and you know, everything seems cool. Everything's great. And then we're thinking, oh, you know, things are going to be good. You know, got the rocket launch coming tomorrow. Everything's great. But, except, they, apparently at some point, somebody took an oxygen tank. And I guess they, they chalk it up to being, oh, I guess someone else snuck on board and did it. Which I feel like is a little weird. <laughs> that we went through that whole entire process and then they still uh, were able to sabotage the rocket. Uh... But that does lead us back to uh, the control room where we have uh, Grandpa Shinra, Rufus, uh, Verdo, and Sid. And uh, Rufus is basically like, hey, we can't do this shit now. We have to postpone the launch. And Grandpa Shinra is like, nah, 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 we'll do it. And uh, we do get a, uh, a brief cameo from uh oh god i'm blanking on her name now sid's assistant oh shira uh shira shira but, uh, right 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 i just want to go back for a second to the um that little conference room conversation between all of them um it did look like president shimmer was willing to bend because rufus brings up like hey sid's the one who has to agree to this and this is he's the one risking his life out there and then sid pops up and he's like hell yeah, I want to do it. And then Rufus is like, even if you'll die? And then Sid's just like, like, even if I get stranded up in space, being able to experience that would be enough. And I love that because it shows you that like the success of the mission really wasn't Sid's number one priority. This motherfucker really just wants... Yeah, exactly. He really just wants to go to space. Like that's that's his dream. Even if it kills him, that's his dream. And you got to respect, you got to respect that, that drive that he has. Mm-hmm. And that he's like, yeah, I don't care if I die. Whatever. <laughs> it's exactly. Cool. Yeah, we don't have to do whatever. But yes, we get a brief little cameo from uh, from Shira. Although we don't, they don't say her name or anything. He just uh, Sid's like, oh, I got one of my best mechanics looking at it. And yep. then it kind of cuts over to her staring at uh, oxygen tanks. <laughs> and we don't. I wasn't even sure that she was gonna get any sort of anything in this. I mean, she was probably going to get mentioned at least, but uh, I thought it was, uh, especially considering how they've been handling uh, sort of like cameos at this point of like either straight up, they're like in Sid's case or like Tifa's case where they're like actively involved with what you're doing that, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, they at least mention stuff that you'd be like, huh? Huh? Do you understand that reference? I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I see that. Uh, I I do have a lot of respect for Sid, and you know what? And I feel like Sid is another character that, uh, in remake, I am super super excited to see how they handle him, and they handle all the stuff that. Because I mean, I'll say this: don't pull any punches. Do not please soften don't. him. May, <laughs> please he, do not. He's grumpy. He's flawed. He's he's arrogant. Like he's he's all these things. He's all these things. And don't, it's like, honestly, he's a drunk. He like, you know, like don't <laughs> don't pull don't dial any of that back. Like is, it's clear uh, he it's clear he love like 
if you're listening to this, you know what happens in Remake. Like, it's mm. clear he loves Shira enough to sacrifice his dream to keep her alive, but it also makes perfect sense that he would be so bitter towards her because he, he, he mm-hmm. holds that little grudge that her basically being... Her life being in danger from the launch is the reason he didn't go to space. So, like, yeah. you can't do that. You can't fucking get rid of that. That's what makes Sid who he is. That's what That's justifies kind of a, his grouchiness. That's a key part you know? of his character, absolutely. And uh, I duly, I, I honestly was kind of hoping to see a little bit more uh, from Sid here and, like, a little delving a little bit more into him here, but... Again, More slice of life. I would have liked the slice of like I would like to see things between him and Shira be like very kind and mellow because there's not that there's not that event that canceled Sid's dream looming over the two of them. You know, right? Yeah, there isn't that like rift between them. And yeah, I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more, and uh, uh, unfortunately, we really don't get to see. But honestly, at this point, kind of how we were just talking about how they've handled cameos other cameos in this game i feel like a lot of them have been kind of in that way where like i wish we could have got more but we don't i mean with some characters we have like we had a little bit more with cloud right a little Mm -hmm. bit more with zach and maybe because i mean and unfortunately i probably it probably is because sid is not as principal of a member of the cast as, Fair. you know, the others. And, you know, I mean, even with, like, Yuffie last time, like, having that little character moment of her discovering what Materia is and being like, oh, this this could be the thing that could help me, you know, achieve my dream and, and mm-hmm. be stronger and all that stuff. And, like, that's cool. Even something as small as that, I feel like, would have been uh, great for Sid here. But I feel like everything uh, with Sid that as it's handled here is very... Straight, very, you know, straightforward and just like, yep, this is, you know, this is what happened. (laughs) You know, there was no, no extra stuff there, which I was a little saddened by. But, you know, I'm glad to see that Sid even made it at all (laughs) in this game, Uh, you know, considering how, like, I mean, he, you know, his story and his everything that he goes through here is important, but it isn't important to like the overall plot. You know, as much as it is for maybe a character like Yuffie, right? Or, you know, right. any other character. You know, and I, I feel like Sid, and it's unfortunate because I feel like Sid has always been... I've always loved Sid. I always appreciated Sid, especially now in my adult uh, age and being like, oh man, he's supposed to be 35? Yeah. And they're, they're calling him an old man? And I'm like, oh boy, that's... Ooh, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, like, oh hits. man. Because I always used to be like, oh, Sid's like in his, you know, in his 40s or his 50s. And then it's like, no, he's in his mid 30s. And you're like, really? Well, I guess compared to everyone else, he's an old man, (laughs) I guess. But Barrett's not that much younger, right? Or uh, I don't know, actually. I think Barrett would be the only other person I would think would be older. Minus, obviously, Vincent, who is a, a literal vampire man, so... You know, <laughs> he's, you know, he's, uh, you know, he gets a, he gets a pass in that, Most in the certainly. age department. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I was a little, a little, like, upset that Sid didn't get as much love as, I mean, even though, even like Yuffie, for all the things, like, she was, like, kind of barely a part of the last chapter, like, she kind of just popped up here and there and then, helped us escape the building, and that was kind of it. But even in that short little time, there was a little bit of, 
I would not necessarily character development, but just you know exploration of her character. You know what I mean? Yep. Whereas here, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of that with Sid, but uh, I I do <laughs> just to, just to get back on on track with the story here. I do like that uh, as we're having this conversation, uh, like Rufus and and Grandpa Shinra are. <laughs> I'm committed to it now. Uh, are having, you know, they're they're kind of having a little bit of a spat, and you know, he's like, "Oh, Rufus is like, you're doing too many things that are wasteful, and if it, the, this company under my leadership would increase its profits tenfold, and all this other stuff," and then Sid's like, "Ah, right, hold on, fellas, uh, I just want to know if the the launch is going on for tomorrow. I don't care about yeah. any of this other stuff that you're talking about right now." Which, hey, you know. Respect. That, I, that is a moment. That that is a Sid moment of like, hey, I don't care about all this other shit. Just let me know if I'm doing my thing or not. Am he's, I achieving my dream or not? He's got a he's got a very narrow focus. You know, he just he just the dude just wants to go to space, and it's like yeah. it's like right there. You know what I mean? It's like right there. Yeah, and it's it's like it's like yeah, I'll do it. You know, and all the stuff like we're saying of him just like yeah, I'll you know. Even if it doesn't work out, I'll still be able to say, "Hey, I go, I went to space," <laughs> and then yeah. when I, if I die and go back to the live stream, I'll be like, "Hey, I went to space," and then everyone else in the live stream be like, "Oh, that's rad, that's cool," <laughs> I guess, <laughs> and be like, oh, "I mean, we could go to space whenever we want now, I guess technically." Uh, but then yes, as uh, we close out on that scene, uh, we are brought to the next day as the launch is about to take place and then we get radioed by sung being like uh so sid's missing <laughs> and you're like wait what <laughs> isn't this 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 is dream like what is he doing and uh as we find out he uh is chasing after avalanche uh and then it gets really foggy as uh for some reason <laughs> as it just is like ah, maybe we're trying to raise the tension a little bit i don't know um, it does seem a little strange <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. Honestly, I thought it was something like, I thought the video was fucked up at first. And then <laughs> I'm like, is, oh, maybe the, maybe the, the capture got fucked up or something, but everything else looked fine. And then, yeah, shotguns like fog at a time like this. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as we see Sid is, uh, fighting off avalanche and we actually get to fight with him and uh i guess that would explain why they decided to have him with his spear because fuck if we're gonna make two different models <laughs> for yeah. for sid let alone any of like the main characters um so yeah it's cool you know even though obviously uh shotgun is uh super op and really does not need anybody's help at all yeah. uh it is cool that you know kind of like uh you know we got to fight with uh, we got, did we fight with Cloud as well? Did he help us out at some point? Uh, yeah, no, we fought with Cloud. With I feel uh, like yeah, I feel like totally he did. and then yeah, uh, and we didn't fight with Zach. I know because the one time that we were with Zach, uh, he was like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna run over here and do my own thing." You got it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Zach knew Shotgun's true power potential, and she's like, "Yeah, just." Yeah, whatever. I'm gonna go and talk to these wolves for a second. You do whatever it is you do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then we we finish off the rest of the uh, the avalanche goons, and then escort Sid back to the rocket. 
and he's like, this is, you know, my dream. This is my moment of glory. Etch it into your memory. And Shotgun's like, I will. And I just imagine them like in the in the most like cinematic way possible just like doing the head nod of like, mm. Mm. and maybe doing like a a uh, a predator-esque handshake <laughs> or they're just like yeah and then all of a sudden as uh sid goes off into the rocket uh some random dude <laughs> i guess one of the leftover avalanche guys comes up behind shotgun and karate chops her in the back of the head and then she's like unconscious at the launch site. Oh, Jesus. And uh, you're like, oh, yeah. God, what the hell? And uh, then we are like, all right, well, we're about to do this. We're about to, you know, it cuts to Sid in the cockpit being, you know, they're doing all the prepping and uh, all this stuff. And I, I like that uh, we go, we cut on back to uh Verdo, uh Grandpa Shinra and Rufus in the control tower, I guess. And Rufus is lamenting the fact that Verdo has not left <laughs> Grandpa Shinra's side probably since he found out that he was uh who he was. And Rufus has a little inner monologue that he's like, I'm the only one that can rule Shinra. I'm not gonna let anybody get in my way. <laughs> no he's a man of ambitions another man yeah. with a narrow focus yeah very narrow focus apparently as it as it turns out that we'll yeah. we'll get into at a later point but <laughs> uh then as we're i think they're literally like about to start the countdown and then uh you know uh sid gets a over the intercom like hey there's somebody still in the engine room and he's like who the fuck is that <laughs> And, and then who yeah, you we, think it is? Oh, good old Shira, and this she actually gets, woman. she actually gets a portrait here, which I was not expecting. That I thought, you know, that, you know, she was. Well, honestly, I was expecting her to be a little bit more involved in this, and we still don't even know her. They they never say her name during this whole thing, and I guess obviously it's meant for you to, you know, if you you probably know who she is at this point, or like me, you know who she is, but then blank on her name <laughs> right i think one of the things that sticks out to me about this scene both here and in og is that like you know shira was willing to die like shira gave sid the blessing like hey don't worry about me I, I i fixed it and even though she fixed it if they take off she dies and i love how that even the people here before crisis are telling him like hey sid forget about her just launch so like everyone was giving sid the blessing but the blessing wasn't enough for Sid. He had to feel like just about it, you know? So like, he might be a bit of a dick and grouchy and grumpy, but like in his heart, he wasn't that selfish to sacrifice yeah, like, somebody else for his dream. I believe uh, at some point later, I don't know who says it, uh, maybe Rufus, where he's like, oh, you know, he's okay with sacrificing himself, but not someone else. And I yeah. feel like that is, uh, you know, that kind of boils Sid's character down to a T almost. And I mean, the fact that he, this whole entire time, he's like, man, it's been my dream and etch it into your memory and all this other stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that, you know, yeah, he could still achieve his dream, but even we can, and I like that we actually do see him sort of like, you know, sort of turmoiling over it and being like, uh, you know, oh man, you're gonna turn me into a murderer, all this, and then he's like, you know, he's like, oh, so close, I'm so close to my dream. <laughs> I mean, there's literally, they, they are about to start the 30 second countdown, and he's still like, oh my god, I can't, 
I, I, it, I'm so close. Can't do it. I'm so it's close. Tough. And this dumb woman is <laughs> wants to kill herself. And uh, and while this all this is going on, uh, Shotgun uh, wakes up, and Sung's like, "Hey, uh, you need to get the hell out of there. You're gonna get." <laughs> Get burned to a crisp, and then Sid will be uh, responsible for two murders at that point. Uh, even I, I don't know, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily call him a murderer. I mean, I got I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know where that sits in the uh, in the uh, the purview of the law. But uh, then we get to have a nice little runaway segment uh, where these these plant monsters that kind of actually look like enemies from FF10. Those big plant monsters with the tendrils, you know, that they slap you around. Mm -hmm. I forgot what they're called, but I uh, I don't remember what they're called either. It's and as I feel like, cause we had complained or I had complained uh, in a previous episode, like, man, I feel like there's not a lot of different enemy varieties in this game. It's either you're fighting dudes or you're fighting like one other enemy type. And then I think these dudes show up this one time, and as far as I know, they never pop up again. But I, I, then again, I, I'm also watching this as we're cut doing these episodes, so I right. don't know. Uh, I do not know any future events or uh, of the story. But I don't know. It's just something that I always was kind of weird for me. But then, you know, say the line, Bart. It's a mid-2000s Japanese flip phone game. <laughs> so I... Uh, I can't be too uh, upset, I guess. And I like, uh, as we as Shotgun makes her escape, we do cut back to Sid uh, in the cockpit, and he is having this moment. He's not having going. a good time. He's not having a great time. Let's just put like, it that what, way. What am I supposed to do? What am I, you know, my dreams? You know, and it's like as the launch is about to happen, uh, I guess he hits the emergency cancellation switch uh, off screen which i mean this is like this scene that we're seeing right now i would love to see it redone you know it would be so intense and heavy and just like a lot to deal with and like i feel like with something like even with voice acting on this scene i feel like would elevate it to way more like i mean obviously you can you know you feel the tension you feel the urgency you feel it'll be a tall order for sid's voice actor like i want to hear a man whose dreams are dying before his eyes (laughs) he just he just is it just one long bleep dude he's a man he was forced he was forced to make a decision between morality and his dreams and that's that's got to be a tough place to be man because, yeah, yeah he could have gone to space, but there's no way he would have been able to live with himself. Yeah, and, I mean, the only the only beneficial way I feel like that would... The only beneficial outcome, I guess, would be, in that case, it's like if he did go through with the launch and he did uh, crisp uh, She-Ra, mm-hmm. uh, would be if he died at the at the end of the the journey anyway because then well it would, that would be like extra sad but at least he wouldn't have to live long with that feeling of like yeah i just killed my uh assistant who uh is uh i i love that he's just like like you're what are you fucking stupid <laughs> what are you just you fucking idiot what are you doing and this is what i mean by like you can't pull this back you can't pull this back this is who sid is like, he's loudmouthed and rude, 
But then it makes these moments where he is kind-hearted and makes a selfless decision. It punctuates them so much more, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it is so, you know, and then obviously him, uh, his and Shira's uh, relationship in OG is way more like that to me always even back in the day i always well, that's felt like complicated man like really sid... uncomfortable <laughs> well around. that's the complicated thing man is like sid doesn't if i'm not mistaken sid doesn't really consider her like a lover more is just like a yeah i meant more friend like friend roommate kind of situation like there's yeah. a point where after you you don't really like kidnap him from rocket town but as you're making your getaway he kind of he kind of hops along with you guys and someone i forget who asked it might be barrett but someone's like what, what about Shira, your, like, your wife? And he goes, oh, no, 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 that woman's not my wife. Like, <laughs> no, like, she's oh, way no, too big of a no, fuck up. <laughs> I would, you think I'd be married to some idiot like that that cost me my dream? Like, uh, don't get me wrong, like, it's complicated, it's uncomfortable, it's, but, like, that's life. And, like, not everyone, yeah. not everything can be a lovey-dovey story like Zach and Aerith and Cloud and Tifa. Like, sometimes men and women have very complicated relations. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like that was always uh, something like I never really thought that they were necessarily like romantically involved. But and honestly, there was like after this, like, I don't know if there ever even if there could have been at some point. I don't even know if they would even after this would that would ever even be on the table again, because even though Sid would be probably be like, ah, you know, it's not a super big deal. But in, you know, in his head, he's like, it's a super fucking huge deal. And I'm so mad, but I can't mm-hmm. be mad because I, I would rather give up my dream and not kill you than kill you. <laughs> and say what you will, if any of you like remember, Sid names his new airship Shira in Advent Children. He does. He does. Yeah. I, I, I remember that, and uh, yeah, and then makes an appearance in uh, in Dirge as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is a thing where it's like you know. It's a pretty. It's a it, obviously this is like the big pivotal moment for his character, and uh, like I was saying earlier, it's like it is kind of a shame because like this happens, and it's kind of it. <laughs> like he he you know cancels the launch, and then as far as I know, we don't see Sid again after this, and I guess well until we see him in in OG. Yeah. Um, but it's like yeah, overall I feel like it is a it, you know. It's an underwhelming sort of, uh, you know, uh, origin story. Yeah. Uh, for something for like such a big event and stuff, I I just feel like, I don't know. It was it, it almost feels like it was just like thrown in there because like oh we need to have a Sid chapter, we need to have we need to explore this and it's like they didn't really explore. It well, <laughs> I mean, I think, but I, I I'm not quite sure, right? Because when you play through OG, you see that the rocket fails, and you know they don't go into a lot of detail why it failed you know you think maybe it was it negligence did sid mess up did shira mess up did the shinra engineers mess up but now you have a little bit of context to see like no this was the result of avalanche's tinkering you know yeah, sid, like guess, a, you know like it, it gives yeah. it i feel like that's what all these revisits are showing us is that there was more to it, it. Avalanche. yeah oh, once oh, you oh, see oh. it from a turk's perspective you see like Oh, there was more moving parts to this than I thought. I didn't realize Avalanche was the reason that ship didn't take off, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it's, uh, you know, I kind of see it as almost like giving you new eyes into the events. 
I mean, to be honest, this entire game has kind of felt like an origin story for Avalanche in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Because we never knew that much about Avalanche at all. It was only just kind of hearsay from other characters. Right. And it is now kind of nice to see, like, oh... They're not like the good guys. <laughs> like yeah, it's no. I, I do I do really appreciate like when any story really has like, you know, it's super easy for you to be like, all right, well you have the good guys and here's the bad guys. But I like when any piece of fiction kind of goes into like, hey, you know, they're just you know, they're both kind of bad. You know, it's like Shinra's not completely evil, right? And like Avalanche isn't completely good. You know, if anything, I would say I don't know. I mean, I feel like Avalanche, at least in this game, has been pretty blatantly like they're just like bad. They're doing bad stuff. The people you at know, the top. Like, I mean, it's the same as what you realize is they're the same as Shinra. You have the people at the top who are doing all the evil and bad things. But as you move down the pecking order, you realize all oh, the the people below them are just like normal people, like just trying to work yeah. a job or do good in their community. It's like it's the people yeah. at the top of these organizations, Shinra and Avalanche, that are conducting all of this malpractice. But meanwhile, there's just a lot of like just like working class people or like normal that get people caught in the that get, know, caught that get caught up in all the bullshit. Yeah. yeah, and it's like that scene in remake when we when we go to Shinra Tower and uh, you know Tifa's like, oh yeah, it's it's you know it's nice to see that like, Oh, there's, there are other people here. And even though she's like, not Oh, it's kind of nice see, to see them see people suffering. Who care. It's not even a matter yeah. of them suffering as it is. It's like seeing them working so hard to try and fix it is encouraging, you know, yeah, it, it, it'll it, change your perspective. You know, it's kind of like, you know, if you, if to use like a real world example, you know, when you think of like Amazon, right. Mm-hmm. You think, Oh, you think Jeff Bezos, you think this big giant corporation, but really Amazon's really only as successful as it is really because of all the people that are working in these factories and doing all the, you know, the grunt work basically that is like really like the backbone of all this stuff. And I feel like, you know, people can hate on Amazon and all these other corporations they want, but there are still, they're, you know, innocent people that are good people, not even just innocent, right? Good people. Like there are good people who work for Amazon you know, yeah. they're good people who work for Nike, even though they got slave shops overseas. Mm, you, yeah, you know, you know I, mean? I was I was going to use that as an example, but I feel like that. I mean, I don't know. I guess that is in, more of an extreme example that would fit more so with uh, what's going on with Shinra and Avalanche, because they, they they both are doing pretty extreme things. Yeah. Um, throughout the, the course of the story. <laughs> so I guess that is more of an apt, uh, you know, comparison, I guess. But yeah, I just, I, I do, and honestly, I, seeing like Avalanche from this perspective is really, has been great. And like we were saying before, kind of also seeing it from the, like the Turks perspective on things makes it way more interesting to me. Like just, and even, even though we're revisiting certain events that like, like Nibelheim and stuff, which was kind of what another thing that was sort of underwhelming because there wasn't a lot there but there was some good there like that the final parts of the Nibelheim section where uh shotgun and the rest of the Turks are sort of being like uh should we is this was this the right career move for us you know and kind of being like is this like I don't know man this seems really fucked up the things that we're doing um it it just goes to even 
you know, because it's so easy to just be like, oh, yeah, they're working for Shinra. They're bad guys, whatever. And obviously they kind of they touch upon that in OG as well. And obviously in remake. Well, and there's something to Barrett, right? There's something I think, you know, the world is complicated. It's very gray. There's room for nuance. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's something that Barrett says that's pretty that's pretty valid, too, where he's like, yeah, well, they might be good people or innocent people, but choosing to work for this company when they know of their malpractices is an evil yeah. in itself. Like they're not complete. Mm-hmm. They might be innocent and good, but they're not, they're not completely they're, innocent and good. Yeah, they're they're complicit. Yeah, they're they're exactly. accessories to the horrible shit that's going on. You know, and it's super interesting. And I feel like I don't know if they'll explore that any further. But it's always it, it'd be interesting to be like, well, I mean, if you live in Midgar. Where the fuck else are you going to work? <laughs> you know? Exactly. When, when Shinra controls everything in that city, what what are you going to what are you going to sell flowers? I mean, those are your <laughs> options. Sell flowers those or are... own a bar in the slums. Yeah, those own a bar, options. sell flowers or work for the big bad corporation. That's that's kind of all you got. Like it's not even enough. It's not even enough to have the bar. You got to run a side gig purifying the slums water cuz the bar doesn't pay enough. Yeah, and then also on top of that, you have to fight off fiends every day. Yeah, <laughs> you got to fight off monsters before they they get too big in numbers. But yeah, I I do, and I think remake did a really good job of sort of showing you that uh, that split, right? Of being like, okay, you have you know you're living in, if you're living in the slums, like you're kind of like just barely you know squeezing two coins together, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like. And there's that big separation between the people up on the plate and the people below the plate. And I feel like that also is sort of an interesting uh, commentary on their society and how they are, you know, how people below view the people above and vice versa. And, you know, even you have people that like that, uh, that Shinra middle manager guy who works in Shinra Tower, but still lives in Sector 7, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, in uh, the, the slums, rather. Uh, and it's like that interesting, like, I wonder how those sorts of people are treated. <laughs> uh, the people that go work, go up to the plate to work, and then they come back home to their little, little shit hut. <laughs> you know, and like, it's, it's so weird, and I, I don't, I don't expect them to explore that stuff any further, but that would be, it would be cool. It would. You know, to see one day. But uh, just to just to kind of uh, you know put a put a cap on this episode, we do after everything is all said and done, we do see Sid uh, looking off. Uh, he's you know at the distance at the rocket, you know, and he said, "Well, this isn't the end." Like he's still determined. Like he at this point, at this version of Sid, is still determined. Like yeah, you know, this you know this launch is you know kind of botched but one day i'll i'll fly to outer space and you know sadly we know (laughs) that he does not get to do that um but you know it is kind of nice to see that he does still i mean he's he is younger as well at at this point so he probably has that little bit of hope left in him still uh you know to be like yeah i think yeah i'll just you know i'll keep the i'll keep the rocket good to go whenever shinra wants to do it again and then Mm -hmm. that's kind of how we close out on him and uh, it is it is sad kind of knowing the future events but it it is uh i I like that at least they gave us that little piece right for all for all the complaints that i've had so far i really enjoyed 
that kind of just like oh yeah give giving him a little a little bit of something extra right. right a little something a little bit of that texture so you know going forward you know we can think back on this and be like yeah there was you know it wasn't just like you know mm-hmm. oh i i missed my chance at my dream it's like it, there was a lot it was a lot more complicated like you said and uh you know i guess for all intents and purposes I, I, I think that's fine. I think for, you know, all the things that were, like, I, I was hoping to see, like, at least they just didn't do nothing, right? Right. At least they just didn't just, like, oh, yeah, he's here. Oh, God, hey, look at Sid, and he's cursing up a storm. Look at him. Uh, <laughs> you know, it gives it does give him a little bit of something, even though yeah. it's not as much of a thing as I wanted. It's, it's definitely still, um, it gives him something, which is, you know... <laughs> better than nothing but uh with that uh and it, with that wipe that transitioned out we go back to uh the good old uh shinra executive office here and um, we're talking with everybody here and being like man <laughs> and rufus is being like hey so yeah that shit sucked huh <laughs> <laughs> and he's like you know just grilling his dad being like oh hey you know that really fucking sucked we lost a lot of money doing that but it's not too late to recoup our losses. Any ideas, old man? Mm-hmm. And uh, we get... I think... Is this the first uh, mention or uh, any sort of sighting of Reeve in this game so far? The first? No, 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 no. We've, oh, we, no, we, we did yeah. see him before. You're we right. Saw, you're but right. It's, you're br- totally it's right. always been brief. It's always been brief. It's been very... Yeah, been very brief. So that's why like, I was... I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was like, is this the first time that we're seeing him? And then it made me think, like, man, we haven't seen Scarlet or Palmer yet either, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, well, I can't wait until they show up and <laughs> if they really do. Lo- liven up this party. Yeah, I wonder if they do, because we don't actually know. I just always assumed that the Shinra executives were all sort of there around the same time, like, for mm-hmm. all this stuff. But maybe Scarlet and and palmer were sort of late additions and maybe i don't know maybe we'll see their their first days with shinra and maybe we'll see their origin stories that would be interesting and exciting that'd be another thing uh <laughs> just put another uh you know this heavy weight of expectation on this mid-2000s japanese flip phone game <laughs> <laughs> that i'm being incredibly unfair to but uh i don't know i just i like the idea of you know, I think that well, this game's existence I feel like is to sort of obviously flesh out the world of FF7, but um, and everything that we've gotten up until this point's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely not what I was expecting uh, to to see. Like I honestly, because I thought it was like going to be very Turk centric, and it has been for the most part. But now that we're sort of exploring these other avenues, it's really it's really been more about Avalanche. Honestly, I think they've been yeah. the more you know, uh, principal focus of this in, of this game so far, and uh, I think uh, going forward that may continue to be the case. <laughs> uh, it looks that way. That's a good point. Even though this game is like quote unquote a Turks game, we're really getting the fu- like the bulk of the fulfillment from Avalanche. Like Avalanche is really mm-hmm. what we're gaining the most knowledge on. Like and we haven't learned anything too new about the Turks. You know what I mean? But we've right. learned a lot of new stuff about Avalanche. And to be fair, I mean, I'm pretty sure at some point, um, if at some episode, at some point that we've done, I'm pretty sure I had said, man, I would love to know more about Avalanche <laughs> yeah. and like how their whole shit works. And honestly, I, 
because I don't know how things play out in in terms of this game, mm-hmm. and I wonder how much of the stuff that we're seeing of Avalanche now is going to actually carry over Facts. to like this new narrative that we're a part of now with remake. So I, it's hard to say, and especially because if if things I don't you know since we don't these characters never get brought up again. It does. It doesn't really bode well. But then again, you know, we have all this foresight now, and uh, or hindsight, I should say, and we've been shown so far that with remake, they're like, no, we're going to establish shit as early as possible. I mean, the fact that they even in 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 remake showed that that you know uh, avalanche proper uh, attacking that Shinra garage depot or whatever. Um, and they do like to be fair those avalanche i cuz i went back and looked and they are very heavily inspired by the avalanche like troop designs in this game so i, I mean i feel like we could totally see that, oh, again depending on what happens to these characters yeah, uh, by the end of this game we could see uh these characters make a return at some point but uh just to, again to I I feel like we go off on tangents all the all the time. All the time. But, uh, it's part of the charm of the show, if I'm being honest. Uh, at least from my perspective. <laughs> Hopefully, it is to everyone else as well. But uh, yes, we're in the the Shinra executive room, and uh, Heidegger is being like, "Man, I really want that money from the space program to go to me." And Reeve is like, "Man, is the space program really dead?" And uh, he we he sees uh he, or he says again he's like oh the vice president's becoming a pretty good leader, mm. and it seems like mm, the the mm. it's almost like you know Rufus might be taking this opportunity this 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 flop from old grandpa <laughs> called Grandpa Shinra um, to sort of maybe like use that momentum to kind of maybe start turning things over to his side because I mean in his mind you know he ultimately wants to kill his father uh and he's been very vocal about it at least in you know in 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 his head mm-hmm. <laughs> to us the gamer uh watching this uh the gamer wow every anytime i say that word I, my spine tingles a little bit but uh <laughs> that's neither here nor there uh yeah I, I it's interesting now that he's now you know since uh president Schindler is now on his back foot after all this cuz he put all of his you know, attention and resources and everything in there. Now Rufus is like, ah, oh, this is my chance. And they were going to use the rocket launch or lack of rocket launch to uh, take their chance to take uh, take out President Shinra again because they, mm-hmm. they did briefly mention that uh, when we saw Sears earlier on in this chapter because uh, he's, you know, sort of explaining to us, the viewer, of what their plan is at this point. And I, th- I think they pretty much said the same thing at the end of the previous chapter as well, I think. Where, I think uh, so. When Rufus was talking to the heads of uh, Avalanche. But uh, that with that out of the way, we are we get our nice little cliffhanger. As we, I feel like the cliffhangers have been pretty good so far. I mean, there's definitely some misses here, but I feel like this game has thoroughly surprised me with the cliffhangers that it does have. And uh, we cut to Sung and Reno in uh checking out some surveillance cameras 
And they're like, whoa, this place is crawling with avalanche, yo. <laughs> still, still love that Reno does that. And uh, we find out that the place that, that has been completely overrun by avalanche has been Corel. Ooh. Which is like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, all right, well, I know, I know who we're going to be seeing next time. <laughs> Our good old, uh, good old dad. Making his way. <laughs> good old gun dad coming his way through. Um, and I guess, well, I maybe we, I'll save that discussion, uh, my ideas and stuff for, for the next episode uh, when we cover chapter 16. Oh, um, yeah. But with, uh, with this chapter coming to a close, overall, uh, not, not my favorite chapter <laughs> thus far, but I think... Overall, it was it was okay. It was fine. It was you know we got to see a little bit of Sid. We got a little bit of extra context for Sid and his you know and his character. But it overall just kind of I don't know. It, it almost is bordering to, at least to me, and it may be a little harsh to say this, but it was it almost bordered on a filler episode, even though it is kind of a really uh, it's a it's a very special event in the history of FF seven, like timeline, you know, but I don't know. I feel like the way it was treated here just seemed very like, ah, yep, that's it. (laughs) That's what happened. We were going to launch the rocket and then we didn't. And that's it. Yeah. And again, I think primarily what this chapter was included was to show that it wasn't the rocket didn't launch due to negligence or due to like a, a mishap on Shinra's part. This has obviously come from avalanches tinkering. And we're starting to Mm -hmm. learn that, Avalanche is like, it's not just a group where it's a part of at the start of the game. Avalanche is a major player in this story. And I think that's oh, something yeah. they really wanted to flesh out in OG. But by the time you get to the ha- the midpoint of the game, it's like Avalanche didn't even exist. Yeah, I mean, they, just... there's still flashes of it that come up here and there. But in terms of like the overall plot and their importance, as far as OG yeah. goes, there's it's really not a whole lot there to chew on. Whereas opposed to yeah. what you're seeing in a lot of the compilation and primarily in this one, it really wants to deliver that, hey, Avalanche is in the shadows. You know, particularly in this chapter, what it shows you is Avalanche was the reason that Sid's rocket didn't launch. You know, mm-hmm. Avalanche was the catalyst to Yuffie becoming involved with Materia because it's what mm-hmm. brought the Turks into Wutai and now... Yuffie got learned what material was from a Turk. You know, you're starting to see like Avalanche has been pulling strings just as much as Shinra has, just in different ways yeah. and from the shadows. They are they are the yin to Shinra's yang. Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> That's a, a sloppy analogy, but you know, I think I think it's pretty pretty fair of a comparison because yeah, I, this game has shown me like, yeah, I, not that I was expecting avalanche to be like, you know, uh, you know, this sort of, uh, you know, paragons of virtue or anything like that, but they really are just like, nah, these people are just as, if not more messed up (laughs) Mm -hmm. than Shinra. They just have a different way of going about things. And it's a lot easier to get people to, I think probably to fight for avalanche to be like, yeah, Shinra's done a lot of fucked up things. So that justifies us doing just as, just as bad things Mm -hmm. to, uh, to them. And uh, if there's people, innocent people caught in the crossfire, whatever, who cares? They're going back to the live stream anyway. Right. That's what we all want. <laughs> we just mm-hmm. want to we want to help the live stream and we want to help the planet, right? So 
eh, a couple people die, it doesn't matter, which is, you know, really rough. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, we saw, uh, I don't know if it was in the last, I think, it, yeah, it was the last chapter where they're just like, yeah, if you die, hey, at least you're going to the live stream. You know, it's a very, uh, you know, it's very like, it's almost like Viking-esque of like, hey, yeah, you're going to go to Valhalla, be fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> Just go out, go out in a glorious death in battle, and you'll be fine. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, with that being said, I don't know. Do you have any other things you want to say or? No, just that I think um, I think this stuff is cool. You know, obviously you wish that this was all fleshed out in like a in a crisis core like manner, but mm-hmm. Square was a much smaller company back then, and not many people know. But like you know, in the Early mid-2000s, right around the Enix merger, the company was, I don't want to say slim on funds, but they weren't doing great. It's one of the reasons the merger even happened, because both companies kind of needed a boost to stay alive. Yeah, good Um, old uh, Spears Within, we can thank for that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, you know, I feel like the company's in a place now where they're one of the biggest game developers in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. They've got budgets that they could only dream of 20 years ago. And I think we're going to see a lot of this stuff, whether it be in Ever Crisis or even in Remake, get fleshed out even more and in a more digestible manner. But- yeah, and if of all the all the things that I've said, like in terms of my disappointment with how certain things are handled in this game, it is you know I should say that I it makes me like way more excited to see it be reintroduced in in either Remake or in Ever Crisis, like you said, or just it being reimagined in a way that's like a bit more I don't know engaging I guess is would be Well the you word know in the use, in but... really in really like appealing and aesthetic looking graphics as opposed to like pixels for a phone game but again like <laughs> for considering what they have here it's like yeah that many definitely... other franchises if they were told hey you're going to make a f- a phone flip game they would make something half-baked. Like, I played a bunch of half-baked Sonic games on my flip phones. and yeah. You know, but Square Enix was like, no, we love this story, and we actually want to use this phone game with its tiny-ass <laughs> budget as a way to fully... To, to, to flesh out elevate more full... the plot, yeah. Exactly, which is really cool to see. Like, it, yeah. it's just good to see how Absolutely. much that they've really been engaged with this plot for so long. Absolutely. I could not agree more. But with that being said, I think uh, I think we've prattled on long enough. I would say so. For these, we'll we'll give these folks a dear break from our wonderful voices for another week, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, end out this episode. Uh, you know, I I'll count us down this time. How about that? Sounds good to me. All right, everybody. Three, two, one. Lovely.